What follows is session zero and session one of a Delta Green game I ran for the Notorious DMG group, which is a streaming actual play that goes live on Twitch and archives on YouTube. I've spliced in the introduction of the game and we roll right into session one. Each of the various GMs that make up the Notorious DMG group introduce themselves and links to their shows can be found on our website for this episode. If you're having trouble finding our website, go to bluemagic.com, that's B-L-U-M-A-G-I-K, or to steamsteelmurder.simplecast.com. If you'd like to join the Steam Steel and Murder community, please join our Discord server, follow us on Twitter, or join the Facebook or MeWe pages. All these links can be found on the homepage. Thanks for listening. Uh, Hey there, people watching this. Uh, welcome to another fantastically wonderful episode of Notorious DMG. Uh, I am Chuck, and for this little shindig, we're going to be playing some Delta Green. It's going to be fan-fucking-tastic, and tonight's lovely GM is going to be Bert, so rather than me flapping my gums all night, I'll just hand you over to him uh, so you can listen to someone intelligent for a little bit. Uh, take it away, Bert. <laughs> what a way to sell it. Yes! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Bert. I am the host and primary GM of my podcast channel of Steam, Steel, and Murder. And tonight, yes, we are running Delta Green circa 1974 with a bunch of very damaged Vietnam veterans. We are offering up Delta Green. This is a first time, I believe, for uh, everyone but me in here. Is that correct? Anyone else played Delta Green before? Correct. I I have not played it, yeah. All right, and this is the new Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. It's its own system, uh, no longer tied to Call of Cthulhu or the D20 system. I'm going to give a little background to what our story is, and then we'll introduce the characters. So the year is August 20th, 1974. Nixon's just resigned from office, and a new Buick will set you back about 4300 bucks. Your unit fought the good fight in Nam, and we aren't talking about securing democracy around the globe. You saw some shit in Nam, horrors from beyond the stars, that sort of shit, that your government doesn't like the unwashed masses knowing about. At the time, you were licensed and supported by Uncle Sam. That's before things all went to hell, one very, very bad op. To your government and friends and your family, you were killed in action. To a certain shadowy organization that siphons funds from dear old Uncle Sam, you're very much alive and very much not retired. Welcome to the fight on your own home soil. It's a Tuesday. It's paper day. Okay. Which paper do you pick up? Seeing in the, uh, well, the one ads. A night at the opera, winning number 42, 10 o'clock p.m. <clears throat> Already just got off the other off. I uh, move over to my bookshelf inside my apartment and I pull out the uh, book and flip over to what was it, page 14? Page 42. 42. Flip over to that page and uh, what's the building place I'm supposed to be meeting up at? Page 42 is a full page ad for Mama Dean's Fresh Fried Greens in a place called Port Wyneme, California in Ventura County. Oh, I don't think I need to take the jet this time. Rob some sucker and take some money. And then I'm just going to uh, go out on a street corner and look at someone who doesn't seem to be paying all too much attention, either stuck in the newspaper or in conversation. Just 
and uh, relieve them of their coinage. All right. Uh, from there, I'll pay for a taxi to drive me down to uh, Mama... Mama Dean's Fresh Mama Fried Beans. Are you uh, telling your family that you're stepping out? Are you just oh, my wife down? is at work and my son's already at school. They'll drill out on reporting. Matt, what paper are you looking at when you see the ad for A Night at the Opera, winning number 42, 10 o'clock p.m.? I'm looking at the Chicago Tribune. I'm I'm nudged out of a deep sleep where I'm sleeping off the the uh the drug induced coma from the night before and I'm nudged and I'm woken up to a paper being dropped on me and I kinda come to and I look around and whoever dropped it is gone and uh it's open to the page with the with the ad for Night of the Opera. And I, I uh, right away I, I I I I freeze up and I know what that means. And uh I know I'm being called on, but I have to, before I do this, the demons, the things that I saw overseas that have troubled me and led me to this life on the street, flood back. And I, he seeks out uh, one, one last hit before he decides to do, uh, do the only thing he knows how to get there. He's, he's broke, he's penniless, he's living on the streets, and uh, he's going to have to hitchhike slash ride the rails all the way to uh, California. Gonna do some old fashioned hoboing. Yeah. Ride those rails. All right. Chuck, what's your favorite you're perusing when you see the ad for a night at the opera? Well, I, 42. I go and I pick up a copy of the Washington Post down by the corner, flip to the wanted ads, and I find the, the ad and fuck. I head back into the bar and up the stairs through the back of the kitchen to my small studio apartment that I rent from the owner, Norm. Under my bed is a loose floorboard where I pry it up and get out a small metal box. Inside is a copy of the book. I look up. All right, I'm going to California, and I grab a small wad of cash that I keep in there and as I'm leaving the bar, I tell the young girl working behind it, tell Norm I'll be back. And I head down to the uh, Greyhound station. All right. Greyhound, rail, someone's uh, taking a cat. So you'll each reach Mama Dean's Fresh Fried Greens on a different day. Uh, but the ad says 10 o'clock p.m. Okay, what is your character's name? Khalil, character's name? Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> uh, my character's real name is Kato Okori. All right, Kato, you uh, arrive in Port Wainimi, California. It takes a little bit of uh, driving before you can find Mama Dean's Fresh Fried Greens. It's a small soul food shack. Um, not great neighborhood, not too bad either. The tagging and spray painting of local gangs is fairly subdued. Most businesses uh, take some care to try and wipe them off. Seems like it's a losing battle, though. Do you arrive on time? Early? Late? Always early. Gotta make sure I scope out the area first. Always early. 
There are a few cars in the parking lot. Looks like Mama Dean has got mostly foot traffic, though. It looks like a lot of the locals have stopped in for her particular type of dining experience. I uh, hop out of the uh, taxi cab, tell the driver, thank you very much for the ride. Uh, here's an extra tip. And I toss him an extra $5 I pro procured off of someone else. Pull out my suitcase, Get pull out my reporter badge, put on Cleon Savarani. All right. And then I move into Mama Dean's and... Uh, sit at uh, whatever table is currently empty and just scope out the area and just start pad as if I'm doing a silent review. Sure. Uh, your trained eye noticed that uh, one car in the parking lot did sort of stand out. It's a big Cadillac, and it's got a license plate from out of state. It's the only one. Nice car, license plate that doesn't belong here. <laughs> Take a seat. There's yeah, uh, in the car. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Is there anyone in the car? Uh, no. Are you cut out for me? What was that? Uh, no, no one in the car. All right, so when I go into uh, Mama Dean's uh, shop, I'm going to look around and see if I can notice anyone who more affluent than the usual customers that she would most likely get. Everyone here now looks like they're pretty much from the same neighborhood, or at least they have the same taste and fashion. You're seeing a lot of blue jeans, corduroys, uh, floral print shirts uh, for the time and era. Same thing. Everything looks, uh, looks pretty normal. There's one guy that's got uh, dark sunglasses on and a slouch hat, like Dressed like the locals for the most part, but he's got a big photo album out in front of him. He seems to be paging through it. Every now and then, he'll look at a new customer that comes in. You notice he gave you a good look up and down. Uh, I'm going to walk over to the uh, gentleman and put down my notebook and extend out my hand and give him a bright, white, pearly smile. Cleon Savona, uh, and your name, sir? Call me Argyle. Uh, and instead of handing, uh, instead of placing his hand in yours, he places a manila envelope in your hand. Uh, you notice that it's got something in it other than just paperwork as well, as it's got a little heft to it. He tips his hat to you and walks out the door. I uh, just sit down where he was at his table. And uh, normally when I go on these missions, are there other people that, uh, Sometimes uh, you meet in a group. Uh, sometimes a rallying place is established. Right, so I'll just open it up, but I'll try to open it up so then I can easily reapply the adhesive. That way it looks like I never opened it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there are several sheets of paper inside, some Polaroid snapshots, and looks like a hotel key. Uh, do I know where the hotel is? Sure. The it's got a big plastic fob on the end. It's, uh, it says a red carpet, and it actually has an address on the back of the fob. The key has got a number stamped in it, number thirteen. How f uh, I'm gonna look over to uh, one of the locals and ask, uh, "Do you know where the uh, red carpet is?" How are you dressed? <laughs> 
Um, I'm dressed in sort of a uh, brown uh, suit with stripes uh, stripes down, wearing a fedora and a clean-shaven beard, and uh, very dark skin with a bright white smile. The local looks you up and down, looks down at his plate of greens and beans. Uh, might be I know where it is. My memory uh, isn't so good these days, though, you see. Man can't afford a cup of coffee in the morning. It's hard to remember things. Kind of looks at you expectantly. Mm, I see. Uh, Mama Dean, uh, looking at the, if it's a woman behind the uh, bar. It is. And it's an immense woman. Uh, ah. You can tell that she's got a very bad wig on. Uh, she's got like a lot of scars on her hands that you get from working in and around a lot of uh, fried grease and uh, uh, doing a lot of kitchen work. Uh, just immense hips, just more round than she is tall. She's got a huge smile on her face, though. She's slinging down plates of uh, just good, wholesome food down to everybody on the table. Uh, can you get me some uh, coffee over here for this gentleman and uh, some biscuits and a uh, white gravy for me? She gives you a, a very uh, brisk nod and uh, she looks over at the customer you're pointing to and she just shakes her head with a smile, comes out with a plate, sends a cup of coffee over to the man. All right, sir, let's uh, have ourselves a conversation. I sit down and Begin eating my biscuits and uh, gravy. Yeah, they're quite good. Uh, he enjoys his cup of coffee <clears throat> and uh, tells you, well, red carpet in. Uh, he says, you, you want to go out this way? He points out the window. You're going to go a block over, a block left. You can't miss it. It's got a big red roof. One of them newfangled rippled things. Looks like a carpet. Appreciate that very much, sir. Um Appreciate the cut. scoop on what's been happening in this area. Oh, the usual. Gangs, ruffians, stuff like that. He just nods. He says, you know the usual. <laughs> I come in here once in a while. Thank you very much for the conversation. I appreciate it. What was your name, friend? Didn't give it to you. Didn't give it to you. I'll have a good day. Two more eyes follow you out the uh, the door. We'll uh, we'll cut to the red carpet. <clears throat> it is a three story uh, motel. Uh, it's got they give rates for daily, weekly, and extended. All right, head right on in. All right, find your door thirteen. And uh, I'm purposely uh, after I leave Mama Dean's. I'm purposely going to go uh, as either blending in the crowds if there are any or hiding in alleyways to avoid being seen going into this motel. Mm, okay. Um, that's good. You got any particular skills in uh, shaking off uh, any sort of people watching? I have 50% in stealth. All right. Good enough. You get to your door. Uh, you don't believe anyone's followed you. You haven't. Uh, you do a couple times around to make sure that the same people aren't on the streets. You're pretty satisfied that nobody's followed. All right. 
once I go into before, actually before I go into uh, the establishment, I uh, open up my briefcase and go into one of the alleys and change from my nice suit attire of a uh, and uh, get dressed in sort of um, more uh, streetwear with the jeans and floral shirts a little bit better and be not seen as uh, the reporter and then head right on in and go to my room. All right. So your paperwork uh, explains to you that uh, you're the first one to accept the mission. You're the rallying point. This room's been rented for two months. You can use it uh, for that extent. They ask you to wait two weeks to see who might else show up for this operation. The packet also includes uh, the address to a green box. So in Delta Green lore, what a green box is, is a storage container. Uh, it's usually like... Um, like a store and go or one of these places that uh, you use to store stuff you can't fit in your house, but you don't want to get rid of. Uh, and Delta Green agents will often establish them in as many places as they can. And often you'll find things that are useful for operations, uh, guns, ammo, night vision goggles, uh, just whatever the team that was last there thought was useful and got rid of. So you have an address to a green box. So we're gonna we're gonna cut here, and the rest of you guys, uh, since you're showing him in various ways, will play out a very similar scene. You'll arrive at Mama Dean's, uh, a man going through a photo book, will place you as being an operative, hand you a an envelope and a key, and so over the next couple of weeks there. You all are established in the hotel and you are gratified to, to you know each other. You have uh, served together before. You have a good idea of what your capabilities are. And uh, we will we will cut there. And what I'd like to do is we're going to we're going to pick it up where our session zero ended. And as I introduce the character, uh, feel free to introduce yourselves and uh, go ahead and uh, plug anything you'd like to plug, all right? Yeah, sounds great. Uh, let's set the scene. We are in a, well, the Red Carpet Inn. Uh, it is a triple level, mm, no-tell motel sort of establishment. And as we zoom in on the camera, We find Mr. Uh, Kato Okari, uh, who is the first person uh, that has answered the call for a night at the opera. And go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit something about Kato Okari and uh, who you are. Uh, all right. So uh, first, I'm going to start off with who I am. My name is Khalil Roberson. I run my own YouTube channel where I give DM advice, tips, and just creative monsters that I create on my own. And I also run a server called, or a Discord server called Storytellers Paradise, where we just kind of just hang out and just talk all things in manner of D&D. &D. But on Kato Okari, uh, Kato Okari is a Nigerian who, or not Nigerian, a Ghanaian-American who helped serve in the Vietnam War. You can see that he currently is wearing a brown suit and he's putting down his suitcase and takes off his fedora when he has this large scar on the left side of his face uh, cr crossing his eye. As he's uh, sitting down in the bed getting a little comfortable, he's just starting to mull over and opens his suitcase. You can see that there are a bunch of uh, masks and makeups and he's slowly starting to assemble uh, some sort of disguise in order to keep himself uh, outside of the public eye just in case he and his comrades were to be caught. 
you get a call on the hotel room phone? The man on the other end simply tells you, expect Doc and expect Brick, and hangs up. Getting a lot, lot, lot more Kurt coming by the ears. You've got about a half hour between that phone call and uh, the knock at the door. Uh, from our session zero, each of you had met at a little diner uh, individually called Mama Dean's Fresh Fried Greens, where Agent Argyle handed off to each of you a manila envelope with some materials on the case and a key for room 13. Um, in the time, uh, 30 minutes before the party comes, I'm Kato's just going to be reading through the uh, information that was provided to me, but we can move on to the other guys while he's reading his stuff. Sure, it's mostly comprised of newspaper clippings and a very brief uh, introduction to the case, which we'll save for the introduction of our other gentlemen who are even now knocking at the door. Both of you guys uh, arrived at Mama Dean's Fresh Fried Greens at uh, different times, but it took you long enough to scope out the complex here, this inn, uh, key number 13 goes to that you ended up spotting each other and uh, knowing each other from back in the war uh, you have approached the door together let's say uh, doc uh, you're the one in the lead as you knock the door tell us a little bit about doc and the uh, player who is playing him sure my name is matt aka jowzam and i run jowzam's den where we do live plays and actual plays of uh rotating rpgs and then uh, afterwards, like to have the people who uh, make those RPGs on and chat with them. It's good times. Drop by and join us sometime. I am playing Thomas Doc Kreutzmann. Uh, he is uh, an ex-military doctor, hence the name Doc. Uh, he's seen some things in his time in the service, and that is not referring to the, uh, the atrocities of war. That uh, is actually referring to the unspeakable things uh out there and has kind of broken his mind so these days doc lives on the streets um he medicate self-medicates himself with whatever substance he can find to help block out what he's seen uh and he is now uh he's made his way here after receiving notification that uh that his services are needed and soon to be re re uh reunited with some of his old his old uh non-buddies and a few steps behind you is Brick. Go ahead and introduce yourself and your character. Okay. Uh, I am Chuck of the Defenders of Cobalt. We live stream some 5th edition. We just did some Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, we'll be doing some Zweihander. Uh, yeah, just live stream, YouTube. We do it all. Uh, generally... Uh, lightly inebriated, uh, and we're just out to have a great time. Uh, for this fantastic uh, game, I'm going to be playing Luke the Brick. Uh, he's been uh, working at a bouncer to dive bar. Uh, he, like the other ones, has definitely seen some shit and been broken by his time in the service. Um, he he saw some people get hurt in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. And it, uh, it broke him. And so now, uh, he gravitates towards, uh, professions that, uh, 
let him hurt others as well. Um, he's definitely the tall, strong, silent, quick to anger, but with that that dead look in his eyes that just is unsettling for everyone in the room. All right, pick it up, Kane. You just got to knock on the door. Kane walks over the door and opens it, and uh, seeing Doc there first says, Ah, oh, Doc, it's been a very long time. He extends his hand and gives him a hearty shake. Rick. Yeah, Doc uh, Doc looks at your hand for and for a moment, and he's he, he breaks eye contact. He's kind of embarrassed. He's he's dirty. He's shambled. He's, he's still wearing his fatigues. He's not a well-dressed man. He lives on the streets. And he's shocked to see you. And uh, begrudgingly, he uh, he holds out his hand. He's like, Kato, okay, I, I didn't expect to see you here. Do you, what, what, what's going on? Ah, well, let's, I'll debrief you guys inside. Come on in, Doc. Ah, Brick, seems like you haven't gotten any shorter. Hey. <laughs> All right, well, let's sit around. Let's talk about this case that we have now. Doing good, Doc. Uh, you're looking a little um, rougher for wear since last I saw you. And I mean, we were in mud pits. Yeah, yeah. Home, home has not treated me well. But uh, I survive. I, I use my skills to survive. Oh, if you ever need anything, I uh, can hook you up with some people. Uh, my I'd, fake identity has given me some, mm, how do you say leniency with some higher-ups. I can possibly get you out of whatever hole you're in. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if we uh, we survive this, maybe I'll take you up on that offer. Of course. And uh, just for the mission's sake, and so in, uh, in case any of us get caught, just refer to me as Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, the code names. Sorry, I... Sorry, it slipped my mind. It's all right, Doc. All right, let's sit around and uh, figure out what we're going to be doing this time with the uh, opera. Before we get started, you got anything to drink in here? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I haven't drank in a little while. I try to keep myself uh, uninebriated, but pretty sure we can call up for something. And uh, Yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind a drink to get the edge off, fellas. The room does have uh, a small mini fridge in it. All right, Doc's, Doc's already wandered over there and helping himself. So it's got the high-priced little uh, miniature bottles of booze that you pay off the nose for, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not even asking. He's just, he grabs a glass and just starts pouring whatever. Whatever cocktail he's, he finds hard alcohol. He's mixing it, and he's, and he's drinking it. So let me set the scene of your, uh, your little apartment here. You're in the middle floor. Um, are you guys all in Roll20, by the way? Yes, yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, are you seeing uh, a picture of uh, a small little apartment complex there? Yes. All right. So you're in the middle row, um, second from the left. The units on either side and above and below you are all empty. Okay. Uh, it has a business nook where there is a large round table, several chairs. You have a small kitchen. Uh, which does have actual appliances. You've got a, a stove range. You've got a, a small refrigerator, uh, sink, dishwasher. There are actually three beds in the room. It looks like it came equipped with two, and someone had set in a third, kind of shoved in a corner. One bathroom, and you have a balcony uh, as well. 
Um, I look over to Doc and say, ah, go ahead and take a drink. I'm pretty sure my name's not on the uh, bill, so people over uh, above us got to pay for it. Yeah, that's that's usually protocol. Uh, I figured we'd be okay. And he just continues drinking. Each of you were handed a manila envelope, and uh, you all <clears throat> kind of break it out, take chairs around the, the business nook in the round table. And as you're looking through it, um, the things that you find are there are a couple of uh, clippings from a local newspaper. One of them was dated uh, a week ago today, and one was dated just three days ago. Also is an index card, a three by five card that has an address and a key. Uh, and it says, you know, scrawled in cursive green box. You guys know a, a green box is basically it's a it's a dead drop location where other agents have stored things that might be useful uh, as they have cleaned up a mission or finished a mission in the area. You never know what you find. It's a potluck, uh, but generally it's always something that's going to help. All right. Uh, what are these? Oh, go ahead. No, no, good. Um, you are in Port Wyneme, California, which is surrounded by Oxnard, California, is the larger area. First clipping is Fremont Intermediate High School, Oxnard. Athlete Roy Hawkins, who has suffered a tragic car accident just three months ago, has had a miraculous recovery. Uh, and it has led the Fremont Wildcats to an unprecedented football season. Uh it goes on to further detail that the car crash left him paralyzed with the spinal col column shattered. Uh, the doctors had no hope that this boy would ever be able to walk again, and yet he is leading his football team in their all-time winning season. The second clipping is the Wainimi High School head cheerleader Monica Frazier, also uh, making a miraculous recovery after prolonged illness from cancer treatments. The prognosis was dim. They gave her less than a week to live, but she has also made just a miraculous recovery, is back on the cheer squad, and apparently as energetic than she has ever been. Attached to these articles is a yellow legal pad where someone has scrawled down uh, a few numbers uh which you guys are familiar with they are police case numbers apparently there were a couple of break-ins in uh two uh one local library and one local museum uh again just very tearsly written down that out of both of these locations uh artifacts and uh scrolls that delta green is interested in collecting or suppressing uh, were stolen, and your agent Argyle, who is your case handler, believes that there's a connection here. I want you to look into it. And sorry, both break-ins were at libraries? One library and one museum. One museum, okay, thank you. Yeah, in the same general area that the two high schools are located in, so one in Fremont um, and one in YDB proper. On those news clipping articles does it give dates on roughly when those two kids were injured actually no it doesn't um it well the 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 athlete uh, roy hawkins uh, they said the car accident was suffered three months ago and then the newspaper clipping was dated a week ago today and what's the date on the cheerleaders clipping three days ago 
And it just says that she had been having a prolonged illness with a, a bad prognosis. Doesn't really say how long she had been suffering from the illness. Okay. Well, it definitely looks like there's a corresponding window of time on these. Definitely agree with that. Uh, Doc, uh, anything you'd know about, um, I don't know, things on the uh, opposite side? That could be relevant to this. Well, if you can get me, uh, maybe we can get access to their medical files and uh, be able to pick out anything out of the ordinary, per se. Uh, that might help. If you fellas want to do a little uh, B&E, we can get some files. Or, you know, Kato, if you want to use, if you want to do your, your usual MO and you can throw on a disguise and walk in there and fool them, I guess we could do that as well. I haven't been uh, Dr. Dave in a little while. Definitely have to crack the identity out. Uh, how about this? I'm still Dr. Tom. I always am. And I sure as shit try to get away from it, but it just doesn't, doesn't happen. Well, um, how about this? Why don't we... Huh. We should take one of the definitely stick together, but take one of the hospitals at a time. Um, what I'm thinking is have one of us watch the uh, entrance slash exit because I'm assuming the hospital only has one. Um, from there, two people moving deep into the hospital in order to grab information and then grab and leave. Hopefully, be that simple, but it never is. So, how do you go about finding out which hospital? these uh, two teenagers went to. It's not mentioned in the articles. Oh, one of them was in... Uh, oh, I didn't write that down in my notes. Um, hmm, actually... Fremont, uh, Fremont and Wainimi? Yeah, right. that's what those are Those are general areas, yes. So there's probably a number, or a couple of hospitals um, we could do in each of those areas. Um, we could first raid the police station where this case number is, and actually take out the case where it should hopefully state which hospital they are in in order to, or never mind, the cases involving the library and artifacts. Hmm. We could just get ourselves a map of the area, find each one of those locations, and then do a look on that map for any hospitals that lie between those two points. Hey, Bert, quick question. How far away is the green box from us? Not far. Uh, a few blocks, actually. All right. Walking distance. Thomas takes a giant swig of the drink and finishes it off, polishes it off. Says, why don't we, uh, why don't we see what the others have left us? Let's go for a little walk, fellas. It's always a good day for Christmas. Let's take a walk, then. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, have any of you guys brought some uh, gifts for them? No. All right. And uh, you see uh, uh, Kane pulls out a um, little Beretta and just says, I always bring a little something-something, and he puts it away. Um, I is, guess we can... What was that? Sorry, is there equipment waiting for us when we arrived? Uh, it's in the green box. Oh, it's in the green box. Okay. Yeah, it's my yeah, personal it's, weapon. It's, let's get some guns, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so on the way there, we can um, talk about our plan of action, how we're going to figure this out. Uh, I think another possible thing we could do, because if, if both of these stories are from the same newspaper company, we could just attack uh, the newspaper writer as being either the CEO or uh, the editor or whatever, whoever's above them, 
and try to see if we can squeeze out some more information out of them. That way it reduces our time that we have to be moseying about, and it reduces the amount of exposure we have to potential random things. Even still, that's sticking our neck out quite a bit. Essentially, we've got three pieces of information. We've got the kids who made miraculous recoveries find out what hospital they went to. And then we got the library that got broken into that had the use of the scrolls stolen, Bert. What was exactly stolen from the, the library again? A couple of books and scrolls that Delta Green find, uh, feels it is dangerous and either need to be acquired or destroyed. Okay. And did it, it gave us what library it was or it was a multiple libraries? No, uh, it is uh, one library and one museum. Uh, the library, again, uh, it's in the two locations that the high schools are. So one is in Fremont, uh, and then one is in downtown Wainimi. We could... Uh... Museum and then library, respectively. So the museum's in Fremont, libraries in Wainimi. I really don't see two young kids each breaking into their perspective respective buildings and getting the information yeah I, i'm going off the hunch that whatever these text scrolls books that have been stolen might be responsible for the miraculous recoveries all right fair uh, assumption um, you think it me, might be? oh yep yeah. let me throw out just another piece of information um <clears throat> the two break-ins were actually very recent they just happened within the last few days so the accidents and recovery predate the break-ins. Okay. Well, that's a oh, different direction. Before break-ins? Tom, Thomas is going to be agitating. He goes, uh, listen here, and goes, brick, with uh, air quotes, because he's being forced to use the names. Brick, we're just company men. They're just, they're just sending us on any little errand they have while we're here. We're disposable. You know that. You know... As long as I get to satisfy a few of my hungers along the way, then they can send me wherever the fuck they want to. That is something that uh, you guys would have taken to heart. Yes, you're disposable, but you're not replaceable. There are very few agents out there. And so while, yes, uh, they're not necessarily going to pull your fat out of the fryer or try to save you, your loss will definitely be felt. All right, Doc, make sure, just remember that there's only so many of us, so they obviously are going to miss us if you're gone. Right, yeah, yeah, miss us, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> and no uh, same old brick, huh? Yeah, you haven't changed, I see, since the war. Yeah, you have. When was the last time you saw the inside of a shower? Listen, that's not why we're here. Let's go. Let's go get whatever we need to get and get this over with. All right, guns. It is. You guys gonna go on foot? It's a few blocks. Yeah, I'm good with walking. Yeah, I figured that we were sure having a conversation um, while walking. The neighborhood that you're in is uh, definitely like middle of the road. It's it's not a slum, uh, but it's certainly not solid middle class either. It's it's in that. It's right in that gap where you're a paycheck away from being in the slums. Oh, like real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you walk several blocks over, and uh, it's tuck it in storage. Uh, they have a chain link 
uh, surround fence, which uh, your the hours are posted on the outside. Uh, this is not a twenty four hour place. You've got to come for when the when the the time stayed on there. So you're still. This is like early afternoon. Gates are wide open. There is like um, a small little building uh, where there's an employee behind there just kind of waves at you. Is there an, a locker number or anything on the key? Yes. yes. Okay. Hang Once on. Again, locker 13. 13. Just like the room number. Let's, uh, let's take a little mosey around this place before we go straight to the goods. If there's any good shit, we might want to come back after dark to pick it up. And it'd be easy to know the, be better to know the quickest way to get in and out without getting noticed. Chainlink's fence uh, surrounds the whole place. It's about eight feet high. Uh, it doesn't seem no razor wire on top, nothing like that. Uh, if you guys can kind of tell in the picture, it does have the, like the little plastic uh, that's interwoven between the links so that you can't look through it. You know, so no looky loos coming through. There are two people here uh, that are in a pickup. They look like they're college students and they're pulling out like a ping pong table from one of the units further down. They're like on unit 20. Uh, which is a, a separate building from yours. But other than that, you seem to be the only ones here. The attendant doesn't seem to really ping anyone any mind other than the initial wave greeting to you. Okay. As far uh, the, as the situation. Have, oh, sorry. Uh, so this is situated on basically a city block by itself. Uh, there are a couple of tenements around it. Uh, but otherwise, this is, uh, you know, it's it's fairly... Low key, you don't see a lot of traffic on the streets out there. Okay. Does uh, the attendant have a uh, t- TVs that show cameras around the uh, place, or is it more or less just a check in for who's coming in and out? Do you want to approach the building or just take a casual look through the window? Casual look through the window. All right, they're reading a novel. And you see a television set in the corner that's got the news playing on it, but you really don't see anything else just looking through the windows. Okay. Looking Wait, around the property. 70 something? 72, 73? 74, 1974. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you know, this was definitely before my time, so I'm not entirely sure on the video surveillance happenstance at 74. Yeah, surveillance existed, but you're not going to find it in a place like that. Uh, cameras are high dollar items. High okay. Dollar. Yeah. That's that answers my question then. Yeah. Well, let's go see what gifts we've gotten left behind. All right. So the two college students, uh, just so you have a frame of reference, are a couple of buildings down from you. They're in sight, which also means that you're in sight of them as well. Uh, but they seem to be just lugging that ping pong table about don't seem to be paying any attention. So the lock on your number 13 locker is a pretty, pretty chunky boy. <laughs> it's, it's a good thick <laughs> lock on it. Um, your, your key itself is also, you know, good, decent sized brass key. Doesn't look like anyone's been here in a while. Uh, there's a little bit of rust forming around, uh, not the lock itself locks, good metal, but where the lock attaches to the uh, roll-up door. Got a little rust there. Looks like it's been a while. Hmm. Alright. Alright, who's got the key? I got it. Yeah, each of you have a copy. Oh. Oh, King, I'll let you do the honors. And I just unlock it and throw up the uh, storage unit. 
uh, you're greeted by a, a bunch of boxes. Um, like in the very front, there's like just this mass of shoe boxes, all kinds of styles from sneakers to disco boots to ladies' uh, <laughs> uh, nighttime fashions. There's a couple of uh, lava lamps here in the corner and some very garish looking uh, like living room lamps. Uh, you can tell that this is like the front facade. Like, you know, it looks like it's just a bunch of crap up front, but you know if you dig, the good stuff's behind. Now, here's a little thing I like to do with green boxes. I'm going to ask each one of you uh, what one thing you hope to find in the green box, okay? And cool. you're going to make a luck roll. Luck in Delta Green is just 50-50, okay? You can say high or low uh, before you make the <laughs> roll, and uh, we'll start with Cato. Uh, what is Cato hoping to find in this green box? I want to say he really wants a weapon, but he would know that for the most part that we actually no, yeah, he'd like to find a weapon of some sort. Um, hopefully, something that's longer distance than what he currently has, because he's planning on giving this up just to, you know, gift back to the green box. So, uh, yeah, probably some sort of uh, long range weaponry. Okay, uh, tell me high or low and make a D percentage roll. So low would be 1 to 50, high would be 51 to 100. I'm going to go high. You just want me to make the uh, 100 roll? Yeah, just do a D 100 roll. Yes! So you said high, you rolled high. Okay, very good. Uh, Brick, what's Brick hoping to find in the green box? Just give me a big, heavy revolver. Just something that'll put some shit in someone's pants and heavy enough that I can club the crap out of someone if I run out of bullets. All right. High or low? Uh, let's go low. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. We're about to get all the things we want. Grocery shopping today. <laughs> All right, and uh, that leaves Doc. What does Doc hope to find? Doc is really hoping to find something to self-medicate with while they're out on this journey um, to keep so he doesn't, you know, end up going to withdrawal because he's so he's so addicted at this point. Okay, yeah. Give me high or low, or tell me high or low. Uh, let's do high. Ho oh, ho! Doc's gonna be in some rough shape. <laughs> oh man! Don't flip out. <laughs> Please, please. <laughs> wake up. Right. So uh, you pull away uh, a you know, large piece of cardboard that's been kind of set up as a facade and knocking over all these uh, shoe boxes. Uh, the shoes are brand new, by the way, and just an odd assortment. But uh, you, there's almost like a room uh, that you can, after you push aside this little, this little false wall, that you can step through and kind of slide it back if you wanted to to give yourself a bit more privacy. So set up in this room is a small round table and there's a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling uh, that was left on and it's still on. There is on the table two bottles of Johnny Walker Black Label and there is a, a message uh, on the table with a knife pierced through it. What's that message you got on it? I'll go look at it. I'll take the knife too. All right. Uh, Bowie knife, Vietnam era. Uh, the note just says, have some shots on us. Remember the Fallen. It's a 1961 Johnny Walker Black Label. Two bottles. Mm. 
I'll Lock. take one and I'll hand the other one to Doc. I was going to so, say, Doc's already grabbed one and he's already sipping from it <laughs> as you're reading the, the note. Uh, what's also, it say? Yeah, go ahead. What's it say, Brick? Oh, what does it say? Oh, I'm sorry. You already told me that shit. Uh, <laughs> it says, drink up and remember the dead. So I'll pop Doc the raises the bottle and says, cheers and just takes a giant just slug out of this thing same i'll i'll thrust the bottle towards king you want some oh take a little bit for the uh, fallen ones and he takes and he sort of tries to a little more of a refined drink but you know just gets it all over himself not really paying attention all right uh otherwise what's in this room are stacks of neat plastic totes uh each of them has uh, an inventory tag on the outside of them so just to save some time, what you find in here, there's a stack of $20 bills wrapped in plastic with some odd stray white dust on the outside. Yeah, a stack of $2,000 in cash. The bills are old and worn. Huh. There are two ANPRC 25 units. So from your time in NOM, these are portable uh, like CB units. There are two of them. Uh, and someone has adapted them so not only can they run on their batteries, which are, you know the batteries on these things do not last long, but they've been adapted so you can plug them into a standard wall outlet as well. Six <laughs> half-gallon bottles of mineral water for some reason. There is an unused fire axe uh, that's hanging on a wall. A single rocket from an M20 super bazooka that has not <laughs> aged well. It looks dangerously <laughs> unstable. Uh, there is also a Carl Gustav recoilless rifle in 284 by 246 millimeter cartridges. This is a Swedish anti-tank weapon. <laughs> You're not going to be walking around California or LA with this thing, uh, you know, discreetly. 25 blank reel-to-reel spindles in individual cases with a recording machine. A box of 50 rounds of 9mm uh, ammunition. Uh, a box of 50 rounds of 45 ammunition. And then, uh, Brick, you said you wanted a, a nice revolver. So, uh, yeah, so like there's a, what's a good, uh, let's, uh, let's say a 45 Magnum here to go around with those 45 <laughs> rounds. That's what I'm somebody. talking about. I'll <laughs> snatch that up and ta- uh, tuck it in the back of my waistband. Any pistols yeah. or anything? Like a, like a Walther PPK or something like that sitting around or? No, uh, otherwise, other than what you uh, requested that you hope to find, uh, just these enormous <laughs> freaking anti-tank weapons, uh, yeah. <laughs> this bazooka <laughs> shell and boxes of ammo. Um, Kato, uh, you were looking for like a long arm of some sort. So yeah, there's a Vietnam era sniper rifle here. looks to be kept in immaculate condition, wrapped in oiled cloth, a uh, couple of boxes of ammo. So, uh, Kato's definitely taking the long rifle, but what he's also going to do is he's going to go back where the uh, false room was, take a few of the shoes out of their boxes, switch out his shoes for some other shoes, and you know, get a few yeah, shoes. Yeah. Out of it. And then he's you going got fashionable, you got streetwear, you got disco <laughs> in all sizes. Streetwear, definitely that streetwear. With some boots. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, and then he's going to attempt to disassemble the uh, anti tank rifle and then, uh, Put each piece into each of these shoe boxes in order to bring it along. 
Oh, they definitely won't fit in a shoebox, but certainly you can empty out some of these uh, plastic totes and you can probably get them in there. And I'll rip up the shoeboxes and like sort of put them on the edges in order to like make it seem like I just have a bunch of shoeboxes in here. That way people don't get suspicious. Uh, Doc, uh, given your background, uh, that brick of $20 bills is encrusted with cocaine. Oh shit! That's what I thought. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a couple stacks and put those in my pockets of my uh, my army jacket that I have on my shabby army jacket. Hey, Doc, uh, make sure you grab some of those bills for us. All right? Might yeah, no, it. this is this is for everybody. Don't worry, I got you guys covered. You don't need to take any any cash. Yeah, it's, it's one bundle. What's that, uh, what's that, uh, yeah, it's one bundle of uh, $20 bills, $2,000 worth, all wrapped in plastic. So it's just the one stack, and it's got that white okay. powder on the okay. outside. He takes, he, he runs his finger over it and then just, like, rubs it on his gums. <laughs> rubs his finger yeah, on his gums and nobody's yeah. looking. Definitely a high-grade uh, high grade cocaine right there. Definitely. <laughs> all right, that'll, that'll get me by for a while. I feel fantastic, guys. Let's go do this. Oh, you good, Doc? You seem like you're a little full of energy now. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what? Coming here has just brought me right back into it. I'm, I'm ready to do this. All right, all right. Uh, well, let's have another round before we head out. And you see me carrying my two large totes. So you guys, uh, you grab the sniper gun. You grab the forty-five. Uh, I assume you grab the box of ammo for the forty-five. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it into his tote. No, I'll, I'll load the forty-five up and then. Toss the rest of the ammo in his tote. So the anti-tank Swedish weapon has been taken apart and put in a tote. Anything else you're taking? You've got the uh, the two uh, radio units, a uh, bunch of half-gallon bottles of mineral water, fire axe, another box of uh, uh, ammo for a 9 millimeter. Uh, let's... Uh, well... And the dangerously unstable M20 rocket. <laughs> I that so want to stay right the building, fuck there, but uh, that's our that's our backup plan right there. Uh, seeing as there was nothing dock sized, uh, danger wise, I'll give him that Bowie knife. Like here, Doc, hey, close enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll do, I guess. And he takes it, kind of flips it, and. Then puts it, uh, you know, in his in the small of his back, his pants. Uh, I'm actually gonna, nah, uh, I'm gonna pick up the axe and say, uh, Rick, just in case, you know, the piss, the revolver doesn't work too well. A little bit of a sharp. You rip. expect me to tell? Have you seen me? Your shoulders, slide it in between your shirt and your back of your shoulder. No one ever see it coming. Night and take it. Right. That is a quick way to get. Fair point. Fair point. Well, side note, also like out of character, it, we're we're gonna look weird carrying these totes alone, won't we? Like, are we taking the totes with some of the stuff? No, the totes me. look like they have shoe boxes in them. Cause I, I ripped up some of the shoe boxes. I put out of oh, head, right. like their shoe boxes. So it looks like a couple of sh- shoe salesmen with a yeah, homeless did, guy. <laughs> did any of us have a vehicle? No, I took the. I rode the rails here. Boxcar Willie style. Uh, I took a bus. Kato, didn't you drive? No, actually, no. I had a taxi bring me because I. Oh, that's right, taxi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I robbed people and took a taxi. Let's come back at like three a.m. and get this tote and that axe. 
All right, sounds good. That way, uh, <laughs> you know, going to jail for something this dumb isn't something I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, jail time is not where we're going to be seen. But uh, this uh, anti-tank rifle is definitely coming right now. All right, you do you, man. So we're walking down the street with an anti-tank rifle? Uh, and a plastic tote. <laughs> yep, and a plastic tote that looks like it has shoeboxes, and I like, disassembled it. That way right. it was smaller, more compact. Wait, was there the tank rifle and then the sniper rifle as well? Yeah. Yeah, they were both of them. I'm just taking the tank rifle first, and when we come back for the um, act, I'm gonna grab my sniper and put it in the tote. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, grab priorities, it man. Priorities, exactly. Okay. <laughs> you know, while Thomas is sitting there and he's he's sipping from the bottle, he he looks down his shoes, and they're in terrible condition. So he tosses them aside and finds a nice new pair of shoes um, in the boxes here and throws those on. Actually, there you go. I'll grab another box of shoes and just put them on top, just to have a spare. Like a spare pair of shoes. Great. Now the police will pull us over thinking we're stealing shoes and find out we've got a fucking anti tank rifle. <laughs> hey, hey, no, no, no. Here's our ploy we are simply um, shoe salesmen. We're moving product. Uh, we're doing a small little business and, uh, you know, we're just moving product right now and just trying to sell it. But nonetheless, given the time, uh, uh, yep. two of you are pretty presentable. Uh, you don't believe me. <laughs> A, a lot of problems. Uh, your friend, though, does kind I'm homeless. of homeless. <laughs> and I look like it. <laughs> I I'm just sitting in the corner drinking. Yeah, you guys are talking, they're chatting with each other, and you look over and you look at me like, oh, we got a, we got a problem here. <laughs> uh, how about this? Let's leave Doc here. I got some spare clothes inside my uh, suitcase. Bring him down here and uh, we'll fashion you up so you're not so. Um, or, Doc, why don't you just leave now, and we'll follow behind in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know the drill. I'll tell you what, fellas, I'm going to. I got some, I got some money on me now. If we're gonna do this. Let's do it right. I'll go to the nearest barber shop. I'll get cleaned up, and I'll meet you fellas back at the hotel. All right, you you bring this stuff back there. Stop by somewhere and get you something. A little more presentable to wear too. Nothing fancy, but yeah, you know what I'm I mean. Saying nothing fancy. Uh, you see, Cato uh, looking down at his uh, suit that has beer all over it, saying, "Yeah, probably is a little too much." <laughs> all right, so when these, while these two are doing that, I'll, I'll find a, a barber shop in this end of town and sure. So uh, get my beard all trimmed up and and hair take care of and. So the homeless guy uh, who's coked up has coke residue on him with a stack of $20 bills. Uh, Two grand. <laughs> brand new shoes. is going to walk over to a barber shop oh. and, uh, get some clothing. Uh, give me a luck roll. Uh, declare higher I'm also, I'm, I'm also putting my Johnny Walker Black inside the empty shoe box that I took my shoes out of. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> no. This was luck such... roll. And uh, just declare higher low before you roll it. Oh, uh, Let's go high again. This was such a great idea oh. until you recap it. <laughs> oh, oh god. My god, no. <laughs> All money is gone. All right, hey, we'll at least he's not So what does uh, uh Brick and uh Kato, what are you guys doing then? 
Uh, well, Kato's going to carry a tote, and I'm going to walk back to the hotel room. All right, good enough. <clears throat> uh, uh, you guys get a call uh, about an hour and a half later. Kato's uh, just going to pick up the phone and answer and say, hello? Yes, this is uh, Wainimi Police Precinct 1655. We got a prisoner here. This is his, uh, his one phone calls. There's somebody there uh, named. Uh, actually, sorry, what is your code name again, Cato? A uh, Kane. There's somebody there named Kane who can accept this call. Yep, yep. Patch him through. Yeah, Doc, you were picked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking suspicious. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you are booked. Uh, drug possession. Uh, they're pretty sure that you stole this two grand worth of uh, twenty dollar bills. <laughs> Drunk in public, uh, carrying a uh, cracked open Johnny Walker uh, liquor bottle in his shoebox. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, uh, Kane. I, uh... So I gotta ask though: Did you resist arrest? Um. That is a great question. I'm going to make a luck roll to determine that. Um, <laughs> we're going to say uh, high. Yes, I resist arrest. I haven't rolled high yet. But I did this time. So you resisted drunk, arrest. I, okay. Yeah, I resist arrest. Yeah, more charges. Okay. Uh, before I go down to the police station and get him, I'm going to change up my disguise to look more like a uh, more affluent uh, businessman. Okay. And I'll sure, go yeah, down there. Uh, uh, Brick, are you going along as well, Brick? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yes, but I am definitely leaving that 45. Uh, I'm going to pop open a, one of the vents in the room and stash my 45 in there. Uh, and I'll tag along, yeah. All right, so uh, you get down to the precinct, and uh, officer is already there to greet you, uh, Charles Fort. Uh, he uh, looks you guys up and down, and he says, "Man is claiming that one of you is his lawyer." Yes, uh, that will be me, Kane. Uh, has he gotten up on some other drug charges again? I'm guess resisted. Uh, drug charges are minor. He just had trace amounts on him. Nothing that we'd uh, normally book him for, but uh, he gave my officer well, I have a, a black question. eye and a broken uh, broken kneecap in the tussle. It's also the small matter of why he has a stack of uh, $2,000 on him. Are they in 20s? Yes, sir. We did do uh, are they been the local 20s? banks. Uh, yes, yes, they are. No, no banks recorded those as being stolen. <sighs> he, uh, that's my collection of Vintage twenties I've been collecting over the years. Uh, <laughs> okay, what kind of skills do you have at uh, it's no job in here? Uh, this is a high stress situation, so I am going to have you roll for it. Uh, what skill might you employ here? If I'm there, I'm going to be like, see, I told you I was holding it on to this for these guys. <laughs> um, see, I'd like to say bureaucracy, but I don't think bureaucracy is exactly what this is. 
No, it can be. Uh, if you want to cite law uh, and pretend like you're a lawyer, bureaucracy would be just fine. But there, there are other things you can attempt to do. Uh, well, keep in mind, 1974, most police officers, uh, most police officers are underpaid, uh, not well respected, <laughs> and are generally on the take. Okay. So you can play that up. You can play it up like you are, uh, you know, maybe maybe a mover and a shaker in the uh, in the the drug uh, relocation <laughs> field that might have, uh, you know, be willing to pay for an officer. Or you can play it legit and uh, cite law to try and get them out, which would be the bureaucracy. Um. Huh. Mm. I think uh, he'd just try to stay the clean route first. So I'm just going to try to cite law and uh, try to use that in order to weasel my way out of this. Sure. What I like people to do is make the role first and then let that inform your role play. Okay. So okay. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, so far, again, the biggest problem they're having is the guy assaulted their officer. The drug charges are minor. He didn't have enough on him to be considered distributing. Uh so it's just normal circumstances. No, just normal role, no penalty. Wow, uh, you did really well. I have a plus 70 in bureaucracy. Sure. Uh, so you know that the, the biggest problem here is the fact that he assaulted an officer. Um, minor to that was the unusual amount of cash that he has on him. But being older bills and none of those serial numbers popping in the system, it is minor if you can explain it away. So go ahead, uh, role play that out. Uh, you did you did great, by the way. So have at. Yeah, officer, uh, those twenties. I've been collecting them, and my grandfather's been collecting them as well. We've it's just been a family tradition of ours in order to collect those. Uh, occasionally, my client will just take a portion of my collection and. Uh, Obviously, it's not right, but, you know, I'm trying to help him out in any way, shape, or form I can. Um, I'm sorry about the misdemeanor with the fellow officer and him striking them. Uh, if you want, I can pay for the damages. Um, I just need to go back to my uh, bank, but um, we don't need to make this any too big of a hubbub. I understand paperwork is going to be pretty large on this one, so if we can just call bygones be bygones, ensure that he won't be around this side of town without me at the very least, or my security guard over here pointing towards Brick. Um, I'll make sure that he can stay out of your hair and no longer harass you. Well, sir, uh, I can understand that you might have an employee here that uh, maybe not representing you so well. So, uh, well, let me get the release papers here. And so that was, uh, that was $1,500 in cash that, uh, he was, uh, caught with. Is that correct? 15 spent some. He looks already. at you like he gives you that, you know, that straight on look with his eyes. You know, 1500 is what we caught him with. Right. Oh, uh, probably around 14. I give him a wink. Right. All right, we'll release him into your care. Uh, he was booked, so he's going to have to make this court date. And pulls off a, a roll of paper. Court date's like a month away. But he's released into your care as you sign some papers. What do you sign it as? Oh, 
uh, I definitely sign it as um. Oh, I had a last name for this alias too. Uh, where's I forgot. It, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Kane Ramon. Ramon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guy <again>. incognito. <laughs> $1,400 in cash is handed back to you, and he doesn't even ask for your ID when you sign off your name. Thank you very much, officer. Pleasure working with you. <laughs> I hand, extend my hand out for handshake. He shakes it. Here's my card. I hand you uh, the officer's uh, name on there, along with his badge ID and a uh, phone number on the back. If you ever have any um, problems with your collection again, feel free to give me a call. Most definitely, sir. Uh, now I'm going to have to talk to my uh, person over here. Yeah. Doc, do they, do they hold me out? <laughs> yeah, they haul you out. You're just starting to come off of that cocaine high. You're getting the jitters. You're getting that bug crawling <laughs> sensation on your skin. Am I am I in pretty rough shape too? I'm, I'm assuming they probably beat the hell out of me. Oh yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> so I'm probably, I never got that haircut either, did I? Nope. <laughs> now I have a black eye, my teeth are blood stained, and I'm all bruised up. Doc, doc, doc. Come on, come on. I gotta get you back into rehab. God damn it! Come on, look at your mess. Yeah, yeah. He'll turn around and shout. I told you, I told you it was their money. I told you I was holding it on to it for them. Hey, hey, doc, doc, doc. Look, come on, come on. Look. Sorry, officer. Let's clean you up. Let's get you fixed up and make sure you get off this whatever you're Fresh. on. Yeah, Fascist. just get him out of here. Uh, no worries, officer. No. Fascist to say you treat a man who served your country. Oh no, doc. Sorry, sorry. Let's uh, let's just do cutscene where you take the doc out and get his haircut, <laughs> get him some more clothes. <laughs> Say it's uh, it's late afternoon by the time you get back to the uh, the inn. All right, and um, mm. yeah, so late afternoon we get back to the inn, right? Yeah, yeah, you're back at the hotel. And if there's anything you want to actually uh, do otherwise while you're out, let's do the, the quick montage where your your buddy Doc got cleaned up. He's still got a shiner, his lips fat, but otherwise he looks presentable now. Are you gonna are you gonna reveal to Doc that you uh you paid six hundred dollars to get him out? No. No long sleeve no. shirt to hide the track marks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make himself a cocktail when he gets back to the uh, hotel. So uh Definitely one, you know, silver lining on Doc being a dumbass here. Uh, we just got a cop that gave us his phone number that said, if you need help. Didn't we need to get some police records on a break-in at a museum and a library? You know, I think that's the case. So, uh, well, what city are we in right now? You're in Wyneme. And... The library happened to Wyneme, so he should have it. Uh, I'll... Um, the, the, yeah, the, the library was Wyneme. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's uh, call him tomorrow. You know, give him a little bit of time in between just to, uh, you know, n- not make it seem too obvious. All right. Let's also not lose any more of our uh, 
our cash because we're probably going to need it for this cop. Oh, I think uh, another hundred dollars should suffice. What was that again? I think uh, another hundred dollars should suffice. Uh, they already got a pretty big payroll for six hundred dollars. Man, maybe we'll get lucky and they'll only want a hundred bucks. Let's hope. Let's hope. But um, maybe we should check out the uh, hospitals tonight and uh, see if we can dig up some records. I suppose we got to start somewhere, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Doc, you gonna be? No, no, never mind. Looking at Doc and how he's all just coked up. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. No, he's coming down off it, but now he's drinking, so. He... It's okay. He's kind of he's kind of passing out a little bit. He's sitting in a chair and he's sipping away at, at some a cocktail he made out of whatever's in the fridge now. If it got restocked, and uh, oh, they gave you back your bottle of Johnny Walker. Too. Oh, well, then he's sipping on his Johnny Walker. And <laughs> throws the shoe case point, out, or the shoe the shoe box out the window and is drinking the Johnny Walker. Six hundred dollars in nineteen seventy cash is equivalent to just about four thousand dollars now. Oh God! Oh my heart hurts. That's so funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I shouldn't have tipped him. Ugh. You know what? You were you were on a roll. I didn't want to stop you. Sorry. Oh, oh that hurts. Anyway. On the other hand, you know, you kind of confirmed to him that you're probably some kind of high roller and he can probably get more out of you. So, you know, contact made. <laughs> yeah, contact definitely made, but expensive contact. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe we should uh, do a little bit of a gambit. Doc, why don't you uh, drink the rest of that bottle, and I'll, uh, we can order up another one. And uh, make sure you're nice and drunk. Provide a small distraction for the uh, emergency room, and that can slip in as one of the doctors. You don't have to tell me twice. Um, maybe, uh... Wait, wait, wait. If we're yep. sneaking into the hospital, why are we getting our medical expert drunk before we go in there? If anyone's got a rat's ass chance of pretending to be a doctor and getting us where we need to go, wouldn't it be Doc? It would. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting in the corner drinking. Yo, that's why I'm here. Would also, have uh, just uh, to, to save some time, while you were out, uh, it would have been easy enough to pick up a map and look at the area. So you're looking okay. at uh, Wainimi General is likely uh, where Monica was was having her uh, her stay for her illness. Um, I would say yes. He would probably be best to get through with being a doctor. I'll so be, he's I'll go, me, he I says, think, "Give me one of those white coats and a stethoscope, and I'll do the rest." All right. Well, uh, how about you give me that bottle over here, and I'll play the drunk. Play the drunkard, give you a distraction. You go in, get medical records. Uh, maybe we can uh. Have Rick over here. Uh, hmm. Either guard the entrance. You or know, if we're going to sneak into the hospital and you're going to pretend to be hurt, maybe it'd be worthwhile if you look kind of hurt. No, Rick. I haven't been hit in a very long time. I like to keep my already kind of scarred up face less scarred, but I'll take one for the team. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to hit you. I'm just going to take that knife and put a cut on your scalp above your forehead. Well, well, I was thinking what we could do, less blood, is I were to perceive myself being drunk, maybe get a little bit of drink alcohol on me, 
That way it's uh, perceived and you can smell it on the breath and then just cause a large ruckus. That way they have to get security, nurses, uh, cause a big commotion. That way uh, Doc over here can slip in easily without much uh, confrontation. Maybe even pick off a uh, RFID scanner. Uh, RFID scanner wouldn't be around in oh, yeah, 74. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with everything in that statement except for less blood. Well, what we could do is have me go in first, just being drunk. They'll kick me out, obviously, for being drunk. Uh, maybe have you go and do a throw down and fight, disguise you up a little bit, make sure you don't look uh, as... Or uh, a hospital is kind of a public building. We could just walk in there. Maybe uh, find a, a locker room and... Yeah, Tom, Thomas goes, I think I think Brick's got the right idea here, but Kate, you don't you don't have in your little your little bag of tricks there. You don't have a doctor get up that you could just give me. Of course, I have a doctor get up. Well, throw it my way. Let's go. What's your disguise skill at? Disguise skill. Who Thomas is? Uh, uh, my kidding. disguise skill is at ten. All right, but you're the one who has the disguise kit, right? Yes. Um. Yeah, you got disguise at base, so you're actually not uh, you're not very good at it. But uh, we can say that you actually have a pretty good kit together. I'm I'm good with that. Okay, sounds good. Sounds great. Sounds really great. So give me my way coat. Give me a stethoscope. I'll do the rest. All right. Um, how about we keep you do a bricks plan? Get you in there, do a uh, overnight challenge, and uh, sneak in, find a locker room, stay in there all night. When uh Guards are basically oh, hostels don't really close, do they? They don't Not close the good ones. <laughs> this is uh, this is the general hospital, so no, it's going to be open twenty four seven. I don't know. I mean, I think we can probably get a uh, doc in there just uh, normally, but I think using the distraction of a commotion happening would provide distraction enough for him to slip in without much question, along with getting keys from someone to get in the proper area. And then, you know, it'll just provide him some nice cover. What do you think? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there and see how the, see how the cards fall. Yep, the action happens when you say go. Uh, part of this game is the footwork and the planning, and I'm not going to rob you guys of that. But when you want to get the action going, you just say go <laughs> that you're that you're doing Let's, it. I, I'm all for going to the Wainimi, uh General Hospital. A few fellas are. Yep. Let's fucking go. Go. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So me being drunk, Doc going in. Being drunk also. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> I'm good with you both being drunk. I'm not gonna, you know what? I'm not gonna stop you there. Is there a? I'm in my best place? elements when I'm drunk. Don't worry. Yeah. Is there a place on the way where I could buy a cheap bouquet of flowers? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Any gas station along the way. All right. I get a bouquet of flowers. Let's go to the fucking hospital. Are you going all, all right. Terminator and hiding your gun in the bouquet of flowers? <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in my waistband gotcha. uh, but you know i figured a 
big guy like me walks into a hospital with a bouquet of flowers, it's going to look like I'm visiting someone. Did I get my knife returned to me um, from the police? Yes. Okay. I'm, so, okay. No, I'm, I am not going to take my knife with me. Great. So, bouquet man first, that way he can get set up. I'll go in drunk and cause ruckus, then Doc can go in and just slip by. Uh, Doc, speaking of which, since you've been coked out today, uh, you've been drinking pretty <laughs> steadily, give me a con roll, contest. Uh, so it's, uh, you can actually just hit it on your character sheet there, but whatever your con contest. score is times five. Um, and again, if you just push uh, Constitution roll? Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're good. Uh, the alcohol Oof. has actually successfully kept you even since you haven't uh, been partaking of your drugs of choice. Uh, the alcohol's just enough to uh, to even you out. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, are we taking a cab there? Are we all taking a cab together? What's the plan? Is it uh, a vehicle? Is the hospital far from us? Uh, how far was this hospital from where we are? It's a good ways. You're going to need to take a taxi to get there or the bus. They've yeah. got a good public transport system. You know Let's what? take I the bus. Uh, <laughs> uh, would be like, I would run just so that I can get myself winded. Fit the drunk theme a lot better. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas There's several still... miles. Uh, if you, if you feel like you want to <laughs> oh, run oh, several no, miles. No, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Kane, no, Kane's not that bold. I'm a. Let's jump on a bus. Cheaper, more uh, auspicious. Thomas says, "Fellas, if you want me to, if you want me to, you know, pull this off, the doctor's not going to be showing up at the hospital on a bus. I'll call a cab." All right, you take a cab. We'll get a bus. Just real quick, so I can recover from not paying attention. What's our fucking plan once we get there? <laughs> Um, you're going to head in first, sit down with your uh, flowers. That way you can do your guarding of the exit. I'm going to go in second, cause a, fuck, uh, cause a ruckus. Once that ruckus is being caused, Doc's going to go in, steal some keys, and then uh, go find us some records. All right. Sounds like a plan. I'll, right. uh, I'll keep them from hurting you too bad. Maybe. Well, once I right. see Doc's made it through, I'll through. You gonna time it so the bus arrives first? Yeah. Uh yeah, that would definitely need to happen. We'll tell uh tell Doc to hop on uh, hop in his cab, like I don't know, maybe a good thirty minutes after we uh we're on the bus. <laughs> Give right, us good. time to get in settled, start looking like we're part of the scenery. All right, Brick, so you walk in with your bouquet of flowers, uh, take a seat in the waiting room. It's uh, it's filled, actually. Um, you know, you, what time, actually, I should ask that. How late in night are you going? Bus runs all night. You know, it would definitely need to look like it'd be an appropriate time for a drunk jackass to be making a scene in the uh, waiting room of a hospital. Why don't we hit... Uh, like 11 o'clock. 
Yeah, I was thinking that too. 11 o'clock. All right, uh, Brick, so you walk in with your bouquet of flowers. Uh, you sit down in the waiting room. There's a bunch of people here, chain smoking, some people uh, just walking up and down, kind of pacing. Uh, there's several people sitting in the chairs waiting to be seen uh, by a doctor or a nurse, some of them holding, you know, like obvious stab wounds, um, head trauma, that sort of thing. It's a four-year-old kid that's like mostly naked, uh, playing with some toys on the ground with a mother who uh, got track marks up her arms. <clears throat> Eyes are just kind of vacant. There's one harried nurse that's behind the station. It's being very, you know, very curt, uh, not impolite, <clears throat> but not very inviting to uh, people as they come up. One thing you notice coming in is that the parking lots are pretty full. Uh, this is a four-story building, and you do see a cop car pulling away as your bus uh, departs. Uh, okay. Any signs uh, on hand security in that waiting room? You're actually not seeing any uh, as you walk in. You're not seeing any any security out here. I mean, you do see some orderlies every once in a while, some uh, well-built uh, young men in uh, white hospital scrubs that are occasionally there to help wheel people out in wheelchairs or to help people back to a doctor, but no actual security. All right. Uh, I want to pick a chair in the waiting room where I can see the entrance coming into the hospital and then also see the the passage moving out of the waiting room into the area where into the treatment area i guess i'm not the words aren't coming to me for the exact no, I got uh, you. you're trying to keep your uh, your sight line so you can see coming and going exactly uh and i also want to uh you know go up to one of the little end tables and pick out a magazine that would look like it'd be semi-appropriate for me to be thumbing through and i'm just going to uh settle in and keep my eyes peeled while trying to look like i'm semi-engrossed in this sure. magazine trying to ignore all of the other occupants well the big thing in the news right now is uh the uh, the coming in impeachment of nixon uh it's, it's just all over the airwaves and in the news now so that you can't help but that be the front line of the magazine you pick up um kane uh how do you come in and uh what is your ploy here and we'll say uh maybe 10 minutes uh, after you guys settle in uh doc will be dropped off in a cab uh actually what kane would have done is would have let uh, Rick go in by himself and would have waited outside the hospital, just sort of pacing around and sort of looking um, inebriated just to get ready for the role. And uh, when Doc's cab pulled up, then I'd go in and do the show. Okay. Uh, there's actually several nurses out here that are smoking, uh, having coffee breaks, that sort of thing. Uh, they steer clear of you, uh, but no one's shooing you off. All right. So go on in and make the magic happen. Uh, <laughs> Hey everyone! Uh, Kane begins screaming. How are we doing today? <laughs> oh, that's one hairy nurse over there. I move over to the uh, front counter where a nurse is and just plop myself on the front desk. Where you got all this hair from? Did you just crawl out of your skin? And he just starts playing with her arm, with the arm, uh, her arm hair, or whatnot. <laughs> this is Thomas's cue or Doc's cue to stroll on in and. Uh... Sure. Uh, the nurse is like having none of it. As soon as you put your hand on her, there's a 
<clears throat> she hits a buzzer under her desk and she just talks, she just looks deadpan at you like this happens 10 times a day and she talks into the microphone. Code blue, code blue at the nurse's station. A blue, nah, black is the color. Black's the color, lady. Have you ever been with the black man? <laughs> and you know what they say? Black is black and black, black. <laughs> uh, uh, does she have keys on her? Um, take a quick look down. Yes, she does. Uh, hmm. 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 Would it, would I be able to, uh, possibly do a stealth thingy? Because I have a 50 in stealth to take her keys off her. Like, when I jump, I'm going to jump over the counter and basically like, give her a big hug and grab the keys and toss them back to Doc, basically. That's not really what stealth is for, but uh, yeah, if you're trying to do like a little sleight of hand thing and steal her keys yeah. while you jump over the counter. Uh, by the way, if you're jumping over the counter now, she looks a little upset. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell you what, um, just tell me, uh, tell me what that looks like. Uh, so what I do is I just, as I'm just grabbing her arm, she pulls it away. I'm just going to literally hop over the counter, just give her a big, massive hug. And as I do, I'm going to reach down and grab those keys. And then when she, I'm going to wait for her to start pushing me off. And I'm like, throw myself back onto the uh, counter and like throw the keys back in Doc's general direction. All right. You're trying to do this on the sly, though? I want to make sure that the keep taking is not noticed by her at all. But me attacking her is being very obvious. Yeah, I tell you what. Um do you have a skill in sleight of hand or anything like that? Uh, it's, it would be a write-in under, like, art. Uh, so if you didn't take that, just give me a dex roll. So that would be your dex times five. You can just hit the button near your dex. Dex times five. see how smooth this yep. is. Yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll take that as, uh, as an easy because you're, uh, she's more concerned with the fact that you're hopping over the desk. It's a quick pitch to Doc. Uh, Doc, you just kind of catch it on the backswing, stick it in your pocket, yeah. and walk in. Uh, orderlies are now uh, coming out of the elevator bank. So there's uh, two banks of elevators as well as a stairwell. Uh, again, this is a four-story structure. Uh, orderlies just kind of rush right past you, Doc, uh, to, to the yelling man that's uh, now confronting the nurse behind the desk. Uh, the nurse is actually like no nonsense. She just pulled out like a a, a leather with a lead shot kosh, and she's proceeding to beat you across the head and shoulders <laughs> with it. Um, hmm. Hmm, how bad this came? Actually, yeah, Kane's going to go all the way through because he's going to keep this act up until Doc's out. So, uh, uh, if she's gonna fight me, I'm a, I'm gonna bust out the moves and start throwing down like hard with her. <laughs> okay. So what happens here is, um, this would you're you're basically gonna do unarmed combat with her. So you're gonna go ahead and roll. She's gonna go ahead and roll. Whoever has the highest number is the one who actually does the damage. All right. I rolled my unarmed combat. All right, she failed. You succeeded. Uh, so, what are you doing? You're just gonna beat her back, punch her, kick her. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take the thing that she was striking me with, and as I grab it, I'm gonna hit her with my. I'm taking the elbow and just crack her across her nose, and then trip her so she's on the ground. And just start wailing on her until the orderlies come and just continue going. And as soon as the orderlies come and pick me up, I'm gonna 
punch one of them in the face and just sprints out of the room as fast as I can because I think that'll get <laughs> okay. enough time and get me out of trouble. Sure. Uh, sure. So you're making a big old commotion back there. You crack the nurse upside the head. Um, bloody nose. Kind of just flying all over this place. The orderlies try to grab you and subdue you. And you're just kind of uh, just, just trying to keep them all occupied. Meanwhile, Doc, uh, what are you doing? And Brick, what are you doing? <laughs> Go ahead, Brick. You've been sitting there for a while. Uh, you know, I'm definitely watching uh, with amusement as the orderly starts beating the shit out of Kane. Uh, I would definitely start to consider like maybe I need to intervene to drag him off before he gets beaten too badly. But then he makes a, a run for it. Uh, <laughs> I think I would definitely use this distraction to slip into the door following behind Doc. Definitely not looking like I was with Doc, but far enough back that uh, I can give Doc some cover if he needs it inside. All right, so let's say, uh, so the nurse is behind uh, this little like horseshoe-shaped desk, which um, he, uh, <laughs> uh, Kane jumped over to start all of this. So the orderlies uh, did the same thing. They jumped over to try to subdue him. Cracks the nurse upside the face. He, uh, I'll, I'll just say you can go ahead and slip away from the orders, Lee, since your whole point in this scene is to be a distraction. Um, there is a door behind the nurse's station. Um, or you can just hop back over the desk and just, <laughs> just run around. Uh, well, where are you heading? Uh, where are you bringing the mayhem? Hmm. See, because this is a dangerous situation because I don't want it to last too long for the cops to come. But, you know, police response time's slow, and they're pretty far. But keep yeah. in mind, you just saw a police car leave as you were coming there, in. There, there. Hmm. What I'll probably do is I'll bring the mayhem outside, um, throw down with one of the orderlies just to, you know, get the energy really high, try to see if I can beat the hell out of him, maybe knock him down. And then I'm sprinting away. I'm just running in any random direction. Okay, so uh, I, I need to know whether or not you're going to the door or just anywhere. Oh, I'm going out. Going out. Going okay, good outside enough. of the hospital, going where the nurses were smoking to you know throw them all off, beat, try to beat down one of the orderlies, and then sprinting away. Sure. Tell you what, go ahead and do me another unarmed combat roll. If you succeed, uh, you'll break free of the orderly, and you can do that. If you if you don't. Uh, against his role, uh, then you're going to be you're going to be bogged down, and Brick might need to intervene. Oh no! <laughs> wow, that's a critical failure. Um, oh yeah, the 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 orderly is just a big gorilla of a guy. He grabs you uh, by your arms, and the other two just grab you around the waist, and they take you down, uh, Brick. So you see this. <laughs> Oh god. Ah shit. I'll I'll run up and like, hey, I can help you with this jackass and I'll try and scoop up Kane and toss him over my shoulder. Uh well okay, uh how okay, so there's three orderlies like literally laying on top of them, just pounding him. Uh the nurse holding her bloody nose is uh she's like trying to Stomp on his head with her high heel shoes. Oh! <laughs> uh, I'll just so fucking explain to me how you want to try and get to uh, <laughs> to 
4K in here. Oh, that's that's a mess right there. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to come in hot then. Uh, I'm just going to uh, fucking freight train through them. All right, uh, go ahead. Give me a combat roll, uh, unarmed combat roll. I'm gonna say that they're distracted, so I won't even give them a roll. We just need to succeed here. Uh, combat roll. Oops, let me bring up the sheet. Oh man, where the hell is that at? Uh, skills, and then all the way to the right, unarmed combat. Hang on. Skills, all the way to the right, unarmed combat. Did I do good? No. Uh, oh, uh, you critically failed as well. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Wow, this is spiraling out of control. Right, uh, We're explain, all going explain to jail. how this uh, explain how this looks in the worst possible way for you. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna run up. I'm trying to find a good place to break into this group of orderlies to free Kane. Um, I'm going to trip, and the gun's going to pop out the back of my pants. And land on the ground in front of us. I think that is that kind of a good way oh, to yeah, fail that, that. That's that's a great uh, critical failure. And, uh, and I'm just going to stand there with an oh shit. Yeah, and uh, some of the people that are waiting in the lobby see the gun go flying. They start yelling "gun!" Uh, people are re- yelling. They're rushing out. Uh, well, you guys certainly have provided a great distraction, Doc. Uh, so what are you doing now, Doc? I am just strolling in and not even getting involved in any of this. I'm going through the door and uh, to the other side. Um, I'm going to, when I get to the other side, I'd like to grab, there's usually like a little tray with um, uh, charts of people who are waiting in the in the sure. yeah. waiting room there. I'd like to grab a few charts and just kind of keep strolling and get a lay of the land, really, just to understand what's in the general area here. If uh, I could find like a records room, um, that's going to be my yeah, first... Uh, you're First familiar stop. with hospitals. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of what you do. You're thinking that if this lady was here in for long-term care and she was released, you know, from what the newspapers say that long ago, likely her charts are going to be kept in the morgue or the long-term. So you're probably, uh, you're thinking you need to go down. Like uh, you need to go down a level or maybe look at a directory and see where their long-term storage is. It's not just going to be on a file somewhere on a nurse's desk anymore. Uh, she's been right. released, so yeah, you're looking for storage. Okay, then I will find the closest elevator and or stair well and take that uh, take that down. All right, um, this hospital actually is very convenient in that in the elevators it actually shows you what is in each floor, uh, breaking down what. Uh, which convenience is offered on each one. You notice that uh, basement level, uh, so you got four levels up, and apparently one level down. Basement level is records. Okay. I am heading down to the records level. Record level will come out. Uh, it is a long corridor. There's a, It opens up to a larger room where there's like a, a central... Um, I don't want to call it a cage, but definitely a barrier. And there's a clerk behind there sitting on a high chair, reading a book. Uh, it looks like he's eating his lunch. Guy's maybe in his late 40s. Got that balding going on the top of his head, scraggly hair on the sides. He's got scrubs on. He looks up as you come in, uh, puts away his book kind of quickly. He's like, ah, oh, Doc, 
What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, hey, do you remember the uh, the Frasier girl that was here uh, just uh, the other week? It looked like, you know, didn't look good for her and she had a miraculous uh, recovery. Well, she's she's back and uh, I need I need her uh, records. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember reading about that in the papers back. Huh? Ooh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. Pretty girl. Pretty girl. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a month ago, right? Uh, yeah. Give me a minute. Uh, you were doctor. I, I am uh, the oncologist guy. Uh, Maxwell was her doctor. Oh, I've been called in from a uh, n- neighboring hospital. I don't. I don't normally work here. Uh, the name's McAllister, Doctor McAllister. What's your persuasion? Oh, good question. Persuasion fifty. Let me go ahead and roll that. Oh, that's good. This isn't a high stress situation. That's a pretty Kay. good score. Uh, yeah, so he goes to the back. It's uh, like, oh, whoa, there's a. Okay, you want it all, Doc? Uh, he, he's, I, I kind of act like confused. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, why? Is, oh, there's a baker's box back here. Oh, wow, that little girl was uh, wasn't here for quite some time. It seems. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just give me the whole thing, and I'll sift through. I'll, I'll get. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, he uh, unlocks uh, side door, and he wheels out on a on a tray this baker's box full of medical charts, doctor's notes, that sort of thing. He's got a clipboard on top of it. Just need your John Hancock here. Yeah, sure, sure. It's signs, Doctor Charles McAllister. He looks at it and says, all right, uh, sure, Doc. Uh, just uh, get uh, someone to drop it back off after you're done. Uh, sign right here, too. And okay. right here in triplicate. And there we go. Very good. Hey, thanks. Thanks for your help. So you've got this steel cart with a maker's box full of charts on it. <laughs> you can carry the, the box yourself if you want, but it is a little bulky, just filled with all kinds of information. Sure, I'll, I'll push it on the cart. Back up over to the elevator and back up. All right. Uh, you notice peeking out uh, a window as you uh, pass by and go to the elevator bank that you see some uh, <laughs> some <laughs> red blinking lights out there, the kind you find just on top of police cars. <laughs> All right. Back That's... in the lobby. Uh, yeah. So a gun goes skittering across the floor. Everybody freezes. Uh, they stop pummeling uh, uh, Kato there. And it's just like, it's just at that moment where everybody f- sees a gun and just like freezes for just a moment. Uh, what do you guys do? Apparently the panic with everybody running out of the front, uh, somebody must have called the police because you actually do hear sirens when that front door opens, letting out the <laughs> uh, rest of the hospital uh, clientele. So we're in that moment uh. right now where the orderly see the gun, you see the gun, the nurse sees the gun, and everyone is just like, uh... You can go one of two ways. Run. I have a sixteen firearms. You're you're right. Fuck it. <laughs> Running. Run. Run. That's the option right here. Is fucking run. No, you're right. You're right. There's no other option. Where's booking it? All right. You leaving the gun behind? Yeah. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> I wanted that gun so bad, but I also don't want to go to jail. Wait, your prints are on it. Uh yeah. The prints of a. That that would be bad. Uh, can I grab the gun quickly on my way out the door, or did I really make fuck a dex it over? Roll. Make a dex roll. 
This is critical here. So, like, uh, uh, if, if you make it, you're good. If not, they're going to try and jump you. Oh, shit. Hey, look at that. Yay, let's go. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, uh, you kind of just kick it with your toe up into the air, and you grab it, and you stride out. You guys kind of drill the press of uh, everyone that's trying to flee. Uh, you see police officers running in, guns drawn. Uh, they just kind of pass you by. All right. Uh, when's the next bus come through? We need to fucking leave in a hurry. Well, uh, seeing as you are making that commotion, all the people out here are kind of like talking and pointing at you guys. Uh, you're thinking maybe waiting for a bus is not the best. <laughs> no, that oh, is no, a we're, bad we're idea. waiting for a bus. We're waiting let's, for a bus. Uh. Let's fucking run for a while. We'll take a couple turns to. So we're not moving in a straight line and then see if we can hail a cab or some shit. Well, <laughs> I have a six or a 40 in drive. So, no, I don't want to get into high speed chase. That's yeah, let's not, let's not steal a car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's start fucking running. Yeah, and then see if we can stealth off, get people to lose our scent track. Yeah. Yeah, you use the general fences. commotion to uh to go several blocks away, uh, where you're able to uh <laughs> you're able to thumb down a cabbie. Uh Doc, you come out of the elevators. Uh so are you carrying the box or are you pushing the cart? Well, <clears throat> you see the thing is, before he leaves, he'd like to go to the nearest uh, closet where they keep medication and grab a little something oh, himself. Nice. Toss what it into grab? the into the box and then walk out with the, carrying the box. <laughs> oh, you have the nurse's keys. I uh, do have the keys. So, yeah, you've got the key to the lockup. Uh, so yeah, you just grab some prescription medication. You toss it into the box, and I'm gonna stroll on out out the door. Nice. Generally, I'd award you some willpower points for that because you're playing into your uh, one of your character's uh, background traits here, but you haven't blown any yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you push your card out. Uh, you see police coming in. They're talking to the orderlies. Uh, they're trying to um, you know, get everything uh, to calm down. A policeman approaches you. Doctor, uh, did you happen to get a description of those uh, two thugs that came through here? I did not. I'm sorry. I was I uh, was busy in the in the back there. So what what happened? I'm I'm not even aware of the what, what took place. What transpired? Uh, seems like a, a drunk and some crazy uh, assaulted the nurse back here. Uh, one of them had a gun. Uh, scared the a hell gun. Out of your, scared the hell out of your patients. My God, this area is just getting worse and worse all the time. Doc, uh, hmm. uh, you. He's looking right at your bruised eye and your fat lip. Oh, shit. Something else happened here tonight, Doc? No, no. This was... um, uh, Me and the the missus had a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, (laughs) Says under his breath. (laughs) Uh, Persuade roll. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Persuade. Uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, it's a fail. And uh, yeah, I, I think here's what's going to happen. He, he kind of puts his uh, his meaty hand on you, just kind of gently on your left shoulder. Says, Doc, you know, 
uh, I, I'm up with, with the new age and all. I, I understand that, uh, you know, man doesn't like to admit that his wife beats him. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know this great psychologist, uh, might be able to help you out. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's maybe best that you pack a few things and you get out of that house. This could get ugly, doc. I, I can't tell you how many of these domestics I've, I've come in too late for and just shaking his head. <laughs> I appreciate that, friend. Uh, no, no, I'm serious, Doc. I mean, that's that's. Whoosh, she must have packed a hell of a uh, uh, left uh, <laughs> left there. That's a hell of a shiner. Here, you. I tell you what. Uh, why don't you hop in the squad car? I'll uh, I'll take you out to your place. Uh, I'll stand around <laughs> so you can get some of your clothes. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll take you to a nice hotel. Well, Doc. I'm I'm actually staying at a place. Now that you mention it, I'm I'm staying at a place right now. I I got out of there. It's a bad scene. I need a few days. Now, Doc, uh, there's no shame in this. No, no. If 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 you want to give me a ride there, I'd I'd be more than appreciative. Ah. All right, all right, Doc. It looks like my boys got it handled here. They'll uh, they'll track down those drunkards. It looks like nobody was uh, hurt there. Nurse's got a bloody nose, but hey, she's in a hospital. Should be good, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, policy doc, uh, you're gonna have to ride in the back, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, just uh, where are you staying? I'll give him the address of the the place that we're at. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> doc, that's uh. I thought you guys got paid better than that. Listen, it was it was late at night. I was in a I was in a bad place. I, I just stopped at the first place I found. It's temporary. It's temporary. I'm not. I'm not living there. Okay. Nice. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but since you failed that role, <laughs> uh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, so we're, we're failing forward with this here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. rest of you guys have managed to be able to thumb down a cab, and you're you're getting back to your place. Um, oh no! One of you. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> let's have Brick do it. Brick, make me a luck roll. Let's see if you actually uh, get there just as the officer arrives and he recognizes you. Just tell me, high or low? <laughs> oh, oh shit, man! Oh, no, oh, no, no, we're doing so good. Hi, we're going high. Oh, yeah. all right, yeah, okay. Do you, uh, do you come in before Doc gets there, or do you come in after Doc gets there? I'll let you choose. Uh, with our running, uh, I would say after, like running and then hailing a cab. And I don't think we would have had the cab take us directly to the hotel. I would have suggested it takes us a few blocks over to somewhere inconspicuous that would. All right, good enough. Then you guys will actually see the police car pull up and uh, <laughs> not come out with his uh, baker's box full of paper. And he, the officer again is like, yeah, you ever need a friend, Doc? You know, uh, local bar, a bunch of us guys hang out. Uh, you know, he gives you gives you that little tender tap with his fist. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> more of us out here that have that same problem. Yeah, no shame in it. No shame in it. I, I, I appreciate it. What was your name again? Uh, McDougal. McDougal? John. John. Yeah. John McDougal. Formal. Charles McAllister. Pleasure to meet you. You too, Doc. You take care. Thank you. Thank you again for your help. 
All right, you see him uh, get on his uh, radio. He seems to be just uh, calling in his position. Uh, he waves you off. And uh, after the cop car goes away, you guys can come out of the shadows. I'm going to take a second to recognize we got into the worst shit ever. And then all <laughs> Doc, the freaking coked up drinking alcohol, just gets scot free, gets a nice ride from a police officer. Gets a nice conversation, gets his number. Like, wow, that we got the shit end of the stick here, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is oh man. Now all three of you have like black eyes, bloodied lips. <laughs> Fucking nurse. God, that hurt. And I order. still got my pistol though, so silver lining, boys. Thanks, Corey. So we're pouring over these documents because we need to get some info. All right. Uh, so here's what we're going to do with this. Uh, just to save time, I am gonna I'm gonna have you guys uh, make some skill rolls, and you can all three do it as you're pouring through the different records, trying to find out um, well, what you can. Okay. 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 Uh, what uh, skill did you want us to roll? Well, um, let me think here for a minute. Um, Tell you what, each of you can pick a skill that would make sense for your character. So, like uh, for the doctor, um, you might actually say- want to roll your medicine to be able to look through the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, bureaucracy would be a great one to roll too, just to you know look at all the forms, look at the the track of the insurance, that sort of thing. So, you guys choose. You tell me what you're each of you individually are looking for. Uh the only skill that I have that I think would make sense is bureaucracy, but I only got a 10 in that thing. Uh, well, uh, again, um, if you uh, think laterally with the skills, uh, so uh, you can kind of make a skill fit for the kind of thing you're looking for. Um I mean, you could just do a general search if you want and just look for anything that, that uh, stands out. That would be fine, too. You can do the bureaucracy if you'd like. Um, I, I am going to do medicine. I, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, go for it. Just go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, once you guys decide, uh, go ahead and give me a roll on whatever it is you're looking for. Um, I'm going to do a bureaucracy, but what I'm going to try to look for more in detail, hopefully is in this pile of papers, is who visited her. Okay, visitation records. Very good. Okay. Fail me now. Hey. I think I will just go with that that search. Just sure, yeah. anything just, that stands out. Anything that stands out. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, oh wow! Nice you only have a twenty. Wow, that's right. good. Yeah. We'll go uh, in reverse order there. Uh, so brick, um, you're basically just charting down. You know, you got your legal pad out, and you're just taking down critical information like who her doctor was. Uh, who saw her, who treated her, that sort of thing. So here's some information that I'm going to give you that you found, okay? All right. Okay, so uh, the doctor for Monica Frazier, give me a second here, I got to look up my own notes. Malcolm Fields was her doctor, was uh, her doctor the entire day that she was there. She was actually in and out over the course of two years. 
other than Malcolm Fields, uh, the only other people that uh, did any kind of medical, medical intervention other than the nurses, which they don't give names, uh, it would just be the nurse on the duty at the time. But what does stand out is, like in many hospitals, they do outsource for certain things that the hospital can't provide. In this case, they did a surgery on her to try and uh, remove some of the cancer. And they had a anesthesiologist that was hired by a company. Uh, it does give the anesthesiologist name, but it also gives the company's name as Critical Gas. Well, that sounds. And the anesthesiologist's name was Daniel Watson. Malcolm Fields, Daniel Watson were the two uh, named physician and anesthesiologist that work with her. Okay. And the, the surgery was at the hospital but they outsource the anesthesiologist yeah okay what was the other company he worked for critical gas yeah uh so khalil uh looks like you passed too and you were looking specifically for a visitor list yes uh the visitor the entire visitor log for all of her stays is there mostly parents grandparents uh a boyfriend um, and you're, you're noting names. Okay. As I'm saying this, you're noting names down, uh, several people that, uh, were apparently with her, uh, with the family's insurance company and the family doctor visited, but in a non, uh, advisory capacity, just as a friend of the family, you get this list of names. Uh, what kind of doctor is he? The psychiatrist just a general, or no, the uh, general practitioner, just like a family doc, somebody that you'd go to if you uh, broke an arm or had the flu, uh, you know, anything below needing a hospital for. Yeah. And Matt, looks like you failed. <laughs> Great. Well, I was looking for the the treatment history and then any inconsistencies or anything that stood out. So. Okay. I obviously don't find anything. <laughs> just the general. Uh, she had cancer. Uh, the outlook yeah. did not look good when she first came in. They thought they could remove it. Um, it grew back, so she was in and out several times. The last notes on there uh, were that they didn't expect her to live another week. They did one last-ditch surgery. Uh, she had a miraculous recovery after that last surgery. Okay. So they had, me Medically, fellas, this is, this is a miracle. I couldn't find anything that would stand out or seems out of place in our records when it comes to treatment. So sharing our findings, is this last surgery, was that the surgery with this outsourced anesthesiologist? Every time they've done a surgery, in her case three times, uh, it was all done by the same company, Critical Gas. The actual anesthesiologist was different each time. The one that was... Part of the miracle uh, was the Daniel Watson one was the last one that was uh, on the notes. Um, just so my notes are correct, the uh, break-ins at the library and the museum happened after they had their recovery or before they had their recoveries? After the recovery, after the miracle. Uh, I feel like someone must have bribed these people with, uh, you know, getting themselves back to full health in return for them getting something. Maybe. We don't have any proof of that currently. It could just be 
whoever is responsible for this miracle just needed a guinea pig. And these two mm-hmm. students fit that role. Very true. Do we know any information on the books that, or the scrolls and artifacts that were stolen, or do we have little to no information on them? Like yeah, what Delta they do. Green, Delta Green doesn't like to give out too much information on occult relics, even to their agents, other than to say, you know, retrieve it, destroy it. They don't want you to know too much because then you might use it. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> But I have a suspicion on this Daniel Watson guy for critical gas. Uh, Can I get, is there any information to be had on this, on that company? You have the company's letterhead. You have uh, the bills that they sent to the hospital. So you've got an address. It's in, uh, it's in Oxnard, uh, which is the, the larger city that surrounds Port Oinimi. It's also, uh, where the Fremont Inter- uh, Intermediate High School is located as well. Oh, um, I'm thinking, because we still need to get the police cases for uh, the library, because we're in Wainini right now. Um, I could, tomorrow, call my uh, police friend, slip him a little bit of cash, and see if we can get that case file. But I'm thinking... So, my knowledge in how Delta Green operates, our task in this is the recovery and destruction of the documents, right? Is it... Do we have any... The documents are... uh, Yes, that would be part of what you need to do, but if there is also anything going on um, otherwise unnatural, you need to find out what it is uh, and you need to take care of it, whatever that means. And the all-important uh, thing <laughs> that needs to be done with Delta Green is the cover-up. You got to make sure that whatever you do as a final solution can be explained away. Okay. Okay, that's fine. My my internal question was: Do we just hunt down this Daniel Watson guy, kill him in a freak accident mugging? raid all of his shit, see if he has the documents, and then go home, but it sounds like we definitely need to, uh... Well, I mean, Duck we can get away with that, but that's, that's a what? little bloody. Yeah, Doc goes, what, what, why are we killing this man? What, 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 what This seems a bit extreme. Well, I, uh, we're not agree, Doc. currently, but it was just a thought. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely sounds like more research. We probably need to confirm with that kid with the uh, the broken back if he had the same anesthesiologist. Well, what we can do is uh, maybe tomorrow give a call to that cop, see if I can get the uh, files for the Wainini. Uh, we can then go to uh, Freedom Port, Freedom... Fremont. Freeport, Fremont. We can go to Fremont. Yeah, get the, get the police. Why don't you get, call your friend? Get, your, well, get the police records on the accident. And then we'll know where they took them after the accident as well. Which hospital he was taken to? Was the uh, accident that he had in Wainini and then he was taken out of Wainini to uh, Fremont? I believe the, the boy lives in Fremont. Yeah, but we're in Wainini right now. That's where the police officers are. So I don't uh, know if they have that information. I'm sure money can motivate him. All right. You, you so- certainly paid him enough yesterday to get me out of jail. 
have fourteen hundred left. Uh, asking for cases of the museum. Mm. We may have to kill this cop. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Tom says, "Why, why, why is murder all of a sudden the only option for us here?" We, fellas, oh, fellas, we're, we're, we we're getting too trail. deep with. We're getting too deep with this cop now. And no, for our I cover think, up part, I think a good idea getting the report records on this crash that broke the kid's back. Find out what fucking hospital he went to. And then we can see if we can get our hands on those medical records. Confirm that this Daniel Watson guy with critical gas also treated the other one. And then we probably need to go pay a visit to Daniel Watson. Yeah, we'll look for parallels and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So these are the best options and leads we have right now, fellas. I agree with that, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good with me. It sounds like you guys got a plan. Uh, we're at our two hours. You want to go ahead and call that there for the night? Yeah, uh, yeah, that was great, Bert. That was yeah. uh, that was really good. <laughs> this was good. Yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Is uh, it's usually there's a trajectory. Okay, so there's a lot of footwork. There's a lot of investigation. A lot of slogging through things, and then you get a point where you think you've got the right idea, or at least you hope you do, and then suddenly it becomes burn it all to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're already there. Yeah, we're already planning on how to break this gang's neck. So you haven't done all the footwork yet, but you've already arrived at the burn it all to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in Cato's defense, he's thinking, huh, we're asking this cup for a lot of things. So now my face and who I am is becoming even more like apparent to this man. And, you know, I'm a I might have to end him just to make sure that our name and faces are out of his head. Well, keep in mind, one of the things you have going for you is that while computers exist in 74, there is no national database of anything. Uh, and Ooh, you don't live that here. Good exists. Yeah, you don't live right. here. So, <laughs> you know, bribe this cop really well and we can uh, just fucking leave and hopefully he'll stick to pretending he didn't know shit. And if he doesn't, you put a little arsenic in his salt shaker and you call it a day. <laughs> True story. Pay his wife off to kill him. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. The insurance well, money. You have a win. rocket launcher. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's gonna come in handy during that burn it all to the ground section. And yeah, we we, you we, guys we could just a... you know put it somewhere and you know or even have it be confiscated and then just you know detonate that shit. Have you guys played much in the way of Call of Cthulhu before? No, oh, I have not exactly. played any. All right. The uh, <laughs> the rule of thumb for Call of Cthulhu is if your GM gives you a howitzer, a tank, or a rocket launcher, you should feel very afraid because it generally means it's not going to help. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be optimistic and think that we can make it. Although, he says unstable, which is what makes me nervous. Yeah, uh, Delta Green is a bit more uh, flexible with that because for the most part, you're dealing with human level problems. I mean, yeah, you, you might be dealing with like the servitors of Great Cthulhu and things like that, but very rarely will you be dealing with, you know, actual <laughs> world ending uh, <laughs> uh, mythos beasties. So, yeah, so you, you guys enjoyed that. Hope it wasn't yeah, yeah. Uh, too much of a, a lag of in there. <laughs> No, 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 that was a lot of fun. That was amazing. That was amazing. I love the failure rules. I'm just imagining the whole orderly fight thing and how it just spiraled out of control. And then Doc just comes up. 
he gets a ride from a police officer, gets his number, talks support. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculousness. It was good. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's say goodnight to that. So anybody, uh, how, did we get any watchers this time around? We did have uh, some people drop in. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, good. Yeah, a couple people dropped in. A couple people said they, you know, they had to go, but they'll catch it when. It- All right, good stuff, guys. Good. Thanks, to everybody. Thank you for everyone running this.